Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to look at a couple of verses there. You know, it gets tough um, in life, and uh, it gets tough serving the Lord as well. Sometimes, you know, we, you know as we go through difficulties and uh, struggles in our life, and we're serving the Lord, sometimes it feels like our prayers aren't getting answered. It feels like, it, you know, what difference does it make? Maybe you're in a, uh, uh, an area of service in the church that seems like that you're always giving out and, um, you know, working and laboring and and sometimes you wonder, does it make any difference? You know, have I made a difference? And uh, so it, it's hard to just keep on keeping on. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is uh, how to keep on keeping on. How to just, you know, just keep, keep pressing on with the Lord. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, this passage of Scripture, let's li listen uh, to it. And we're going to kind of break it down just a little bit and then look at four points about how to keep on keeping on. In verse 10 it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We, we do not want you to become lazy, but to uh, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Let's pray. Father, help us to just... Get an understanding of your word today and help us to uh, apply it in our lives. And Lord, that, uh, that it, it's meaningful not just for this time right now as we're sitting here, but it's meaningful uh, in, in our daily lives. And not for just maybe this coming week, but Father, that this would continue just to, to uh, grow and, and have a, a more of a revelation of this, what you're, what you're speaking to us throughout these verses today in our lives. And Father, that we become stronger in you and we persevere and we just keep on keeping on. And Lord, just bless the word as we hear it today, Lord, and, and let it just produce in us uh, the character that you would have us to, to develop in Jesus' name. Amen. This verse starts out and it says, He will not forget your work. Isn't that good? God's got a good memory. Got a great memory. That's why it's, it's awesome that the Bible says that uh, when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible says he, washed, he wipes away our sins as far as the east is from the west. So when He forgets something, He also he forgets it. So that's good. But he doesn't often forget anything unless it's our sins that are removed. He's got a good memory, and it says he will not forget your work. What you do for the Lord, he remembers. We're going to be held accountable for those things and be rewarded for those things. And so, it really, it depends on how we want to stand before the Lord. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, the Apostle Paul tells Galatians this. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So if, if you don't give up, you're going to reap a harvest from what you're doing, what you're, uh, how you're serving the Lord. He says, uh, let us not become weary in doing good. Anybody ever got weary doing good? Serving the Lord, doing things that are good or, or right, and you just kind of, it's like, you get wore down. And uh, it's hard, too, because Satan always pushes against us. As we're serving the Lord, he makes sure that it's tough. But he says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. There is a harvest time coming when the Lord is going to reward those that have been faithful to him and serving him if we do not give up. Verse 11 there of our text uh, in, in Hebrews 6 says, um, we, want, uh, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end 
in order to make your hope sure. So we're to continue doing this. You know, we're uh, not, to, not to give up, but to keep on keeping on. He says he wants uh, each of us to show this same diligence to the very end in order that we may, that your hope may be sure. What is your hope? What is he talking about here? That your hope may be sure. What hope do you have? Okay. And, and what is that for the future? What? Eternal life. Being with him and, and the promises that he gives us, a, a heaven. And you know, he's, he's given some great promises. In John chapter 9, verse 4 and 5, uh, Jesus says this He says, As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. There's a time that's coming when, you know, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be over. Uh, you know, if we can't stand for the Lord now in easy times, what, what do people think is going to happen when, when the devil is unleashed, you know? Uh, night is coming when no one can work. While I, uh, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And, and he's our hope. And he gives us a hope that as we serve him, as we labor for him, he told uh, the Philadelphia church in Revelation 3, verse 10. Why don't you turn there? Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. He, he expresses some hope that we can have. If you're serving the Lord and uh, you're keeping on, keeping on, not, not giving up, uh, he gives a promise to those that, that when this time comes, when the, the night comes when nobody can work, when a tribulation time comes, was promised uh, the 70th week there in Daniel was promised. It's, we know it as a, a time of tribulation, of great tribulation that's coming. Uh, he says, hey, I, here's some hope for you. He says in verse 10 of Revelation 3, since you have kept my command to endure patiently. Everybody say endure. endure. Say it again, endure. endure. What does that mean? <laughs> Keep on keeping on. <laughs> to endure patiently <laughs> without grumbling and complaining and griping. He says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial. That's that seven-year tribulation, the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. So there's some hope right there. My hope is I don't want to be here and go into this thing, and, and that's not for me anyway. God didn't design that. He didn't uh, create us to suffer wrath, is what he says, but for us to have hope. And so uh, back there to what Galatians said, that let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And then verse 11 of our text there of Hebrews 6, he says we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end, this command to endure patiently to the very end in order that you, that you uh, to make your hope sure. You know, make this thing come about that we do rule and reign with him. That there, there's going to be a time when he says, come up here and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Isn't that going to be great? That's my hope. How about you? So then in verse 12 of this, this passage of Scripture there in Hebrews 6, Paul says, we do not want you to become lazy. You know, if, if we don't do things, if we don't have to do something, then most of the time we don't do anything. And if we start to slough off a little bit, then pretty soon we're sloughing off more. And before we know it, we're sloughing off a whole lot. And we become lazy. You ever notice that? You, you miss once or twice, then it's easier to miss three or four times. Hello. 
You know, and we get out of the habit of doing something, and we just kind of, you know, it's like, oh, man. And it gets harder and harder to do that, right? Sunday's the hardest day of the week to get up. Why? Because you don't have to do anything, <laughs> right? Well, except go fishing or, you know, go shopping or go to church, right? See all the beautiful faces and everybody's smiling back at you, amen? How, how many places can you go and get this many people to smile? Isn't that amazing? I mean, really, that's what I, I look forward to church because I notice throughout the week, I go someplace, people are, you know, go to Walmart, everybody's walking around like this. Wherever you go, I mean, people aren't really smiling that much. And if they are, you wonder, what's going on with them? They must be weird. They're smiling. What's up? <laughs> Something's up, you know. But, man, you come to church, and everybody's smiling and happy, shaking your hand. And, and if you had a bad day and you want everybody else to have a bad day, you're kind of aggravated that everybody is smiling and shaking your hand. Amen. <laughs> but um, he says, don't become lazy, you know. Don't, just keep, keep on keeping on. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 Listen what Paul tells the Romans there uh, in chapter 12, verse 11 of Romans. Never be lacking in zeal. Some of you need to look in the mirror and, and tell yourself that. <laughs> Never be lacking in zeal. Get excited. Well, we had some excited women today when every time Sandy would make an announcement. They were all excited. Well, they're not lacking in any zeal. Amen. Never be lacking in zeal. You know, some people are just so, man, they don't even have... An ounce of enthusiasm. <laughs> but he says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So uh, don't become lazy, you know, but uh, keep on keeping on. The last part of that verse 12 there in Hebrews 6 says, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Again, he's got some precious promises for us. And so as we see somebody that's, that's keeping on keeping on, then we need to find out, Hey, what are you doing? What are they doing? And that's who I want to be like. And I want to, uh, I want to share in that inheritance as well. So let's look at four specific things that we can do to keep on keeping on. Has anybody ever had a, had a challenge of keeping on keeping on? You know, sometimes it's okay, but then after a while it's like it just kind of becomes routine and we have to be careful. That's why Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. The very first thing that we need to do, or what I found that I need to do to keep on keeping on, is to be, uh, or to keep dedicated to God. To keep dedicated to Him. That don't mean, you mean, Pastor, you're talking about that you got to be, keep, keep being saved? No, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about my dedication to Him. What does it mean to dedicate something? Dedicated means wholehearted devotion, or wholeheartedly devoted. Look at, in your life and see some things that you're dedicated to. That, man, it's, you're 100%. You're into it. You know, wholeheartedly devoted or committed to something. Wholeheartedly devoted. That's how we need to be with the Lord. Keep dedicated to him. Say, Lord, you're, you're all. You are the Lord of my life. Lord means that he's over it all, right? And um, it, so that's what we need to do. Keep dedicated to him. Romans chapter 14, verse 8, Paul says it like this. Yeah, if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. He says, you know, uh, we're his, so I'm going to keep dedicated to him. Everything that I've got, I'm going to give it to him. I'm not going to quit. If things don't go our way, do we just get mad and quit? 
No, we need to be dedicated, wholeheartedly devoted to him. Listen to this little poem. Uh, I, I like this. I've, I've, I've shared it before, but I've I got to read it again. It's, the title of it is Don't Quit. It says, when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you can never tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Don't quit. You just need to have no quit in you. That shouldn't even be an option. Sandy and I have been married for 43 years. When we got married, we didn't even have the option of divorce. No, that's not there. That's not there for us. We're, we're both believers. We're both Christians. Uh, we're dedicated to the Lord. We're dedicating ourselves to each other. And so, God, you've got to help us in this thing. And we didn't have that option. So we, don't, we never took that option. You know, 43 years. Keep, and she's keeping on keeping on. She put up with me for 43 years. <laughs> yeah, give Miss Sandy a hand clap. <laughs> like that one guy said, I've been happily married for 20 years. The other 23 weren't so happy. <laughs> uh, but I don't say that because they're all been happy. <laughs> keeping on keeping on. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Turn to that, that chapter. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Keep dedicated to the Lord. Paul says there in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You shouldn't even entertain the thought that, that what you do for the Lord doesn't matter. Because if you even have that little thought somewhere up there on a side category, the devil will definitely bring it into your mind and make you start thinking, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. What I'm doing doesn't matter. Yes, it does. The Bible talks about it. If you give a cup of cool water in a prophet's name, then you receive the prophet's reward. You know, so, hey, we're serving in the ministry. So no matter what is going on here, if you're serving in Light Christian Center, then the reward that, that one person gets, the other's going to get when we do it as a, as a body of Christ. And so it doesn't matter what, how big or how small, we just keep on keeping on. And we do what we're called to do in him, and it does matter. It really does matter. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 Paul told them, he says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you that you should so soon be shaken? Boy, I've seen a lot of Christians like that. They're all excited, man. They're, they just, you know, come back from retreat, come back from camp or something like that, and all pumped up, right? And that goes good for a couple of weeks, three or four weeks. We find about three or four months later, it's like, well, and here we are. We're wondering, you know, what happened? And everybody's looking at you. You know, maybe who you're working with, like, well, so what happened to you? You know, you were so happy about three, three months ago or three weeks ago. So what happened? That's what Paul told the, the Galatians. You're running a good race. Who cut in on you that, uh, and kept you from obeying the truth? <laughs> King James is so soon shaken, so upset. 
Keep dedicated to the Lord. Every morning when you get up, you need to say, Lord, I'm yours. All yours. Not just a little bit of me, not some of me, but all yours. Not just this or that, but all of me. Amen? Sometimes we wonder why uh, certain things in our life you know, are going wrong. Maybe we have health problems. Well, have you dedicated your body to the Lord? Have you, and have you, are you making him Lord of your life? Are you being wise about what you do with your body and what you're taking into your body? What about your finances? Well, we wonder, what's going on with my finances? Have you dedicated them to the Lord? Are you following him? Are you giving? As he said, giving it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will I cause men to give into your bosom? If we haven't dedicated that to him, how can he bless it? What about your stuff? Man, I go through regularly, lay hands on washing machines, dryers, <laughs> lawnmowers, tractors, <laughs> stuff like that that breaks down. Lord, it's all yours. <laughs> you know, uh, it belongs to you. This is yours. And if something goes wrong with it, Lord, your washing machine broke. <laughs> just thought I'd let you know. Whatever you want to do with it, I'll just, I'm just working for you. I'm, I'm just your steward. I, it all belongs to you. So praise God. There's been times when we've wondered, now what? You know, such and such broke. And how are we going to pay for it? Somehow or another, the Lord takes care of it. It's amazing. Whether or not he blesses you financially that you're able to take care of it or have somebody come into your life and give you something or whatever. That's, it's, that's so exciting to live a life like that. And you turn around it's like, Wow. How did that happen? Well, we know how it happened. God blessed us. He brought that into our life. And you know what? That's a blessing by just keeping dedicated to him. Keep on keeping on. You're going to see those little things. Expect a miracle. I went to Oral Roberts University, and that was kind of the, the slogan back then. Expect a miracle. You know? whether Just little things. Whatever it is, you know, look around and see how God's blessing you in all kinds of ways. God must be first place in our lives. Keep dedicated to him. If you're going to keep on keeping on, the very first thing you've got to do is keep dedicated to him. Wholehearted devotion. As we continue to yield to his will, you know, we're strengthened and we're enabled to, that's what really enables us to keep on keeping on. The second thing, number two, everybody say number two. Keep diligent for God. Well, we keep dedicated to him, keep diligent for God. I don't know if the grammar sounds real good there, but what does diligent mean? Yeah, very few people will really know what. <laughs> Keep diligent for the Lord. Here's what it means. Persistent and hardworking. How many people, hardworking people do you really know in your life? If you had to name them or count them out on your hand, you'd probably count them on one hand and have a few fingers left over. Hardworking, persistent. You know, when the Lord looks down at us, he ought to say, look, that, that's my child. They are diligent, persistent, hardworking, showing persistence is what, uh, is what it means. You know, showing, uh, just putting forth an effort to, to do something. Diligent. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, he's telling this is a characteristic that he needs to have in his life. And he says there in 1 Timothy 4, 15, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Everybody ought to be able to see how you're growing in the Lord. So he says, be diligent so that everybody may see your progress. Verse 16, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and, and your hearers. You know, we'll be delivered from some things. You know, it'll see it really happening in our life. Be diligent. Let me tell you a story. 
Uh, it's called the, the road less traveled. The, ne- the next time that you're discouraged and, and um, or you feel discouragement starting to kind of come in on you, just remember this case of this young man of limited background. He possessed little more than a, uh, a self-administered education. And his story goes like this. Upon completion of military service, he decided to enter politics by running for a seat in the state legislature. He was soundly defeated. Having his fill of politics, he decided to try his hand at storekeeper. The store went bankrupt. And he spent the next 17 years of his life paying off the debts. He fell in love with a young woman and suffered the heartbreaking experience of watching her die of typhoid fever. Remembering his dreams and deep-seated principles, he again entered politics, this time as a candidate for Congress. He was elected by a very narrow margin, and when he ran for a re-election, he was defeated. Holding on to his dreams, he sought a position with the United States Land Office, but failed to get the job. He became a candidate for the United States Senate, but again, he was defeated. At the presidential convention of a major political party, he was nominated for the vice presidency, but he lost to a political unknown on the final ballot. Running again for the Senate, he waged a campaign that captured the attention of the nation, but it only netted him another defeat. Nonetheless, He held on to his dreams and continued to dedicate himself to the ideas and principles in which he believed. And the the story summed up, it says, Although often discouraged during his lifetime, his eventual reward is familiar to everyone. Abraham Lincoln attained unending fame. Here's a man that never gave up. He was diligent. He was persistent. Hold on to your dreams. That's what he did. You know, we're really just in training for, uh, training for a triumph. I need to pre- preach a series on that, training for triumph. Uh, again, Paul told Timothy there in 1 Timothy 4, 15, be diligent in these matters. Just stay with it. Keep on keeping on. Well, the third thing to do to keep on keeping on is to keep delighted in the Lord. You need to be, keep uh, dedicated to him. Keep being diligent to him and, and keep delighted in the Lord. What does that mean, delighted? It means highly pleased. Find your joy in the Lord. In fact, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is, is my strength, not my joy. You know, things will go. If, if, you, if you look around for something discouraging, you'll find plenty, right? But when you seek to be delighted in the Lord, he'll never let us down. Highly pleased in him. The 37th Psalm, make a a note somewhere, Psalm 37, verse 4, the psalmist says, and this is David who had plenty of things to be discouraged about. He says, delight yourself in the Lord, in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That applies to us. Delight yourself, be highly pleased in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Wow, isn't that amazing? Keep on keeping on. Paul told the Philippians there in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. He said, I'll say it again, rejoice. And he said that from prison. Rejoice in the Lord. Find your joy. Be highly pleased in him. 
What have you got to be discouraged about in God? Don't listen to what the devil says. That's why that when we pray, Jesus, when he was teaching them to pray, he says, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I start my day off just hallowing the name of God. God, I thank you that today you're my healer. I thank you that you're my healer and, and that you're going to, uh, you, you, you're touching my body from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, 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 I joy in you. Thank you that you're my provider. You're Jehovah Jireh. And just be, go, go through just praising him, hallowing his name, who he is. And you know what? I'm pleased that he's my God, the creator of the universe, the one that's above all things, who said that, that we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. And I can be highly pleased in him, the author and the finisher of my faith. He and author faith that I need for any circumstance. Praise your name, Lord. Be highly pleased in him. You know, it's time that we step to a new place in our victory. And we can do that when we find, when we are highly pleased in the Lord. And then it says, then he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, when you're really serving him and you're keeping on keeping on, the desires of your heart aren't going to be self-centered desires. They're going to be the desires really for his will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Here on earth, Lord, as, as you've already written it out in the books of heaven, you know, I can't change my yesterday, but I can do something about my tomorrow. So I'm going to be highly pleased in the Lord and find out that he's got my days lined out for me. And I'm going to be thrilled that no matter what comes my way, that he's there with me. If difficult and, and, tra uh, and trouble comes my way, I can be excited that God's with me. He, he, never he, never, uh, you know, he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's always with me. He's an ever-present help in my time of need. Jehovah Shammach, you know, he's there. He is. He's my present help when I need him. And you know what I found in my life? That you can start anywhere and uh, end up in victory. You know, if you feel that, you, that you're, you've got to defeat, you're, you're living in defeat right now, that's a good place to start for a victory. That's a sure place to start for a victory. So you can start anywhere in life and end up with victory. No matter how good that it's been, let me tell you, the future is greater than anything that we've ever experienced. Be highly pleased in the Lord. Aren't you glad that he chose us? He told his disciples in John 15, 16, you've not chosen me, I've chosen you. And I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, fruit that will last. Well, praise your name, Lord. Boy, other people will let you down, but he will never let us down. So, you know, just uh, keep delighted in the Lord. And number four, keep dependent upon God. Sometimes I think we, we forget that we should be dependent upon God. We just kind of go through our life and taking care of things. Dependent means to be um, not self-reliant. You know, that um, um, you're dependent. You can't live without someone or something, right? Paul told uh, uh, the Colossians there in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, and listen to this scripture. It says, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And verse 17, it says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Man, this is who we need to be dependent upon. 
I can't hold all things together. Seems like everything I touch falls apart. <laughs> so I need somebody that can hold it all together. You know what I'm talking about? Has, have you ever felt like the things are falling apart in your life? And every time you turn around, something else is it just falling apart. Boy, I, I need to be dependent upon him because he holds all things together. I, I like what I heard uh, one old black preacher say. He says, before was, before was, was, he is. I had to stop and think about that. Before was, was, he is. <laughs> it says, and, and all of what is, is a result of his isness. <laughs> I like that. Before was, was, he is. And as a result of what is, is or, and, and all of what is, is a result of his isness. You know, we got new words coming out there, but you know, he is. He's, he is all things. He creates things. Keep dependent upon him. You know, that when you, if you realize that you can't make it without him, that you want to serve him and that, Lord, I'm dependent upon you. I, I like what Jehoshaphat said there when they were praying in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20 and somewhere around verse 20. He says, you know, all our enemies come against us and, Lord, we're nothing against this great army, but, but uh, you know, we can't do it without you. We can't do it without you. We kind of have this thing we're trained to say, well, you know, um, you know I'm going to stand on my own two feet. Well, we do need to take some responsibility, and we need to be all that we can be. And that's not an army slogan, but we need to be all that we can be. But we need to realize that it, even in all that we can be, we still need him. I need you, Lord. And we need to know that we need him. So that when we get into a situation that is, you know, above our heads and when everything seems to be falling apart, that we know that, wait a minute, I can depend upon him. I am dependent upon him and I can depend on him. How secure, how much security does that bring or comfort does it bring into your life when you know you can depend upon somebody? If you're working with someone or maybe you, you're a supervisor and you have different workers under you and, you know, well, you know, I don't know about so-and-so, so, but I know I can depend upon so-and-so. And, you know, that's a comfort to, to you. You know, I know I can depend upon Jesus. He, he will never leave me. He will never fail me. Amen? And that he is, verse 17, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. That's amazing. In him, all things hold together. You know, Christ who called all things into existence, spoke, and the worlds came into existence, spoke into the darkness and created the light. You know, the one that called all things into existence is the one who holds it all together. They did this study, um, some scientific institution, and they said, you know, with the way that they're spinning and there's gravity and all these different things, but with all the different forces and stuff, and at times he says, it's a wonder things just don't just, you know, fall apart, just, you know, just blow off into space and and we don't understand how it just stays together. And I think it was Billy Graham says, I know how it does. He holds it all together. God holds it all together. Listen to verse 16 again. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things were created by him and for him. He is the head. In verse 18, basically what it's saying is he's, he is the head. He is the beginning. He has supremacy. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the originator. He's the consummator. He is everything. And in him all things hold together. Man, 
You know, I want to be dependent upon him because he holds it all together. You know, just take a look at your life today and see if you feel like that there's some things that are just falling apart or maybe um, in the chaos in your life that you just might find things that, and you might say, you know, I just don't know how much longer I can hold it all together. Can you remember that verse where it says, he holds it all together? And then turn to him? Maybe, you know, Satan comes whispering in your ear and, and you get that thought of like, well, you know, with all that I've been through, all the pressure, you know, and all the, the pull of all the circumstances around me, you know, I just feel like I, I, uh, I'm on a, just this collision course uh, with, with things and I just don't know how much more I can take. I just feel like everything's falling apart. Just remember, he holds it all together. And be dependent upon him and keep on keeping on. He can do it. You know, he's the Christ. He holds all things together. We were created by the Alpha and Omega in the image and likeness of God. And again, the same thing that, the same God that holds the universe together holds you together and can hold things together in your life. Isn't that amazing? And you know, in the, in the scope of things, in the perspective of God's perspective of the universe, what about these little things in our life? No big deal. And you ought to hear him saying, I can hold it, you all together. I can hold it together for you. The Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. So in him, I'm dependent upon him. And he holds it all together for me. You know, sometimes we think we can hold it all together. We're tough. You know, maybe hear, hear somebody saying, you know, just suck it up. You know, just be tough, be tough. It's time we turn around and say, Lord, I, I need you. I need you. I need you to help me keep on keeping on. I'm dependent upon you. Maybe you thought you were smart enough, strong enough, resourceful enough, insightful enough. But we're not. We need him. I want to pray this morning. I want us to pray together. Father, we discover so many times that we're not smart enough. We're not strong enough. We're not resourceful enough. We're insightful enough. But we can know that there is a God that is above all things. <laughs> and because of you, Lord, and through you, knowing that you created us for you, your word says, what I have created, I can hold it all together. Lord, forgive me for thinking I've been holding it together. You've been holding it together. Can you just say this to the Lord and just tell him, Lord, I ask you to take my life and hold it together in your hands. Can you just do that right now? Maybe you don't feel much like trying to keep on keeping on. It's time that you just turn it all over to him. Just ask him right now. Lord, take my life. Take the chaos. Take all the brokenness. Take all of the pressure, all the stress. And Lord, just hold it all together. Hold me together in your righteous right hand. You know, I find every day that 
I need so much from God. I need a better attitude. I need blessings that only God can deliver. I need a correction in my character. I need deliverance from a dilemma. <laughs> I need an eraser for my errors. <laughs> I need forgiveness for faults and for failures in my life. I need so much from Him. And He's there. He is my ever-present help in my time of need. Do you need God to guide you today? He is the great shepherd. Like David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How can he say that? Because he's dependent upon God. And he's the one that lets us know throughout the Psalms that you can keep on keeping on. When you find yourself trusting in the Lord, be dedicated to him. Be diligent in him. You know, be delighted in him. Be dependent upon him. He wants us to keep on keeping on. Not to just so easily be shaken and just throw in the towel. Satan laughs. That's what Satan wants us to do. He brings the trials to bring out the worst and get us to quit. God allows it so it makes us stronger. Builds that faith and that character in us that we keep on keeping on, that we persevere, that we don't stop. Do you need hope for your hurdles? <laughs> That's what I think about. Lord, I need hope for this hurdle in my life. You need help for a hurt? God's there. He's right here. He's ready to take it. He's the fullness of God. Is what Jesus is the fullness of God. He's our, he's just everything that we need to keep on keeping on. So right now before him, why don't you just make your request known to him? Just ask him right now for that challenge, that difficulty. The thing, the pressure that seems like it's just pushing you down and pushing you back, pushing you to the edge of giving up or stopping or saying, you know, what's the use? You need to get rid of those things. In Him, in our life in Him, there, that should not be an option because it does matter. It does matter. Amen. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help Him, help them. That's what His Word says. He will not forget those things. When you help his people and continue to help them, continue to help them. God called us to serve one another. We serve God when we serve the people of God. Lift somebody up. Be an encouragement to somebody. That's not just somebody's job. That's our responsibility, being a member of the body of Christ. We are members one of another. We are a, a supporting ligament in, in Ephesians chapter 4. That we support one another. We hold it together as he holds us together. Amen? So what do you need from him today? What do you need from him today? Maybe it's a, a physical illness. If you've been just going through uh, some health problems, some health issues, and it just feels like that, man, you've just had enough, just hold up your hand right where you are. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you right where you sit this morning. The Bible says he sent his word and healed us. I believe that through the anointing of his word today, that we know that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. 
Amen. Father, these that have raised their hands for healing today, I believe, Father, that you can touch them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet right now. Father, everything that's out of order in this body, bring it into order. You spoke into the chaos, into the darkness, and you brought it together, a universe that functions precisely. Father, bring this body, this system, every organ, every cell right now in the name of Jesus. Right in the name of Jesus. Release your faith right now to him. And say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're holding it all together. You're holding me together. I thank you that healing is taking place right now in my, in my life. In my body, healing is taking place. Amen. While we're praying this morning, you have, maybe it's financial need in your life. It seemed like it just pushed you and things. It's like you turn around and it's something else. Turn around and another thing happens. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's been me. And it just seems like it's just so hard to just keep on keeping on. Amen. Well, he is our supplier. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. It says that he'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. When you turn it over to him, turn your finances over to God. Trust in him. Trust in him. Don't worry about it. Follow the principles of the word. As we give to him, it says he'll give back. Press down, shaking together, running over. Somehow or another it works. I don't understand it, but it happens. So right now, I want you to say, Lord, I just give my finances to you. Every problem, every shortage, <laughs> where there's lack, I give it to you. And I thank you that you hold it all together. I thank you that you supply my needs according to your riches, not according to anything else. Not based on the economy that we're living in, not based upon the job market, not based upon anything else, but based upon you. Father, right now, release right now to your people. Father, right now, let blessings flow. I thank you for finances being manifest in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you've been, it seems like a relationship has just, it's just been something that's just ongoing. It's just really pulled you down and you just, it's just something that's just been so heavy, this, this a broken relationship. It could be a family member, it could be a, a, a life partner, it could be a friend, I don't know, but, but there's a relationship and you just feel like that, man, it's just, you just think, I am so tired of this. And you can't even focus on anything of the Lord. Why don't you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I, 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 need, I need God to just bring it together here in this, in this situation. I just need him to hold it together. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, in the, this relationship, I thank you that you are Jehovah Shalom, that you bring peace. You rule with jurisdictional authority. So where there's chaos, where there's strife, where there's brokenness, where there's been, uh, where Satan's got in and just caused some division, we break that division in Jesus' name. We speak peace, peace right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you spoke, calm the storm. You said, peace be still. And the winds and the waves obeyed your voice. So what about in this relationship? You can do it. He can do it. You trust him. You follow his principles. You let the peace of God that passes all understanding rule and reign in your life. And when you have opportunity in that relationship, let the peace of God just be 
present in your life. Just, and just believe that he's going to turn this thing around. He's going to turn around and he's going to hold it all together. He's going to hold you together when you feel like that you just can't take anymore. Man, and when it feels like it's easier to just shout back than it is to hold back, just say, Lord, I thank you that you hold it all together. You can hold me together. I'm having peace in the midst of this. I have peace in the midst of this storm. Boy, sometimes we just, you know, the, it just comes out and we speak words into to a relationship that's so hard to get back. By our words, words there's, there's life and death in the words that we speak. We've got to be careful, but he can hold, hold us all together when we feel like that that's just what we want to just launch out, huh? Be a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Amen. Amen. Can we do something together as a church? Yeah. Summer times are always tough for churches financially because people go on vacation and stuff and they take their tithes and offerings with them on vacation. And, but, you know, it's, it's a tough time for Light Christian Center, probably in the history of the church. It's pretty tough. But I believe that we can all together pray and believe and agree that God supplies all our needs as a church according to his riches and glory. Can we do that? Why don't we just stand together? I mean, we'll be dismissed after this. But I want us to pray. I want us to pray for the finances of this church. That we don't, it doesn't need to be just barely get along street. <laughs> you know, really, it's a point of where we need, we're not meeting the, just the, the needs, you know, the, the, the responsibilities, you know. Electric bills, I mean, it costs more in the summer to operate the church than it does in the winter, and, and that's when the finances are lowest. So on behalf of our courageous and uh, persevering finance committee, <laughs> Charlie and Wade to head that up. <laughs> and man, you know, we got some strong men there. But I want us to pray together, you know. And, and I want us to believe. Can we do that? And just the same way that we can pray for our, our, our personal finances, we can pray for this church because you're part of it, right? So just take the hand of somebody next to you. Come on, Miss Andy. That's the group here. But let's pray. Let's pray for, for Light Christian Center. So we'll do it here at the end so you don't have to worry about any, anything here. There's no ushers coming, but there are white boxes on the back of the wall. In case you have. <laughs> let's pray together. Father, we just join together as a body of believers today. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you that you've called and ordained Light Christian Center. We're to be a light in the darkness. Father, that this, this ministry is making a difference. Father, I, I am thankful for the email that I got from Africa saying that 113 pastors completed training that just because of our initiative and being there and helping to launch a training program, now, Father, they're going out and they're bringing people in and they're winning the lost and developing the saved. Africa's being affected because of Light Christian Center here in Alvin. Father, we've touched... Uh, souls in India and in Mexico. Father, every week this ministry sends offerings to missionaries that are in Mexico right now. Father, reaching that, that nation. We're reaching out beyond. And Father, as a, a church and as an organization, Father, we follow the principles of finances as well. As well. We've been giving, Father. And I thank you, Father, that you're giving back to this ministry. Lord, is that the needs of this ministry are met Lord, we, we look to you. You're the one that uh, supplies all of our needs according to your riches. So, Father, we agree together today. Let's do it. Let's agree together. Father, we agree together, Father, for an outpouring of finances for this ministry. Father, so that we can do what you call us to do, that we'll not be held back.
Father, make the job of our finance committee easy. Father, let them be looking for places to give rather than trying to find something else that we can, where we can save or, or cut back. Father, that, that shouldn't be the attitude. We shouldn't have to. We ought to be launching out and extending further and further. So, Father, I thank you that you are supplying all of our need right now according to your riches and glory. And, Father, we rejoice in it right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Amen.